Scripture reading this morning comes from John 3, verses 16 through 18. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you here today, especially those that are visiting. We would like to ask that you will stay around a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you a little better and welcome you to our services. And we invite you back any and every opportunity that you are here. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Just got some information in and wanted to share that with you. Uh, We failed to mention that Oscar Burks, this is the brother of Don Harmon, uh, passed away this this past week, and so we extend sympathy to that family. Uh, also, we've been praying and praying and praying and praying uh, for our brother Tommy Talent, and Tommy is here today, and so Tommy, it's good to see you. Thank you uh, for, and we're glad that you're able to be here today. So thank you for your prayers uh, for that. Also, we've had a few baptisms recently. Uh, Kimmy Moore, Kimmy, raise your hand. Kimmy's back here. And Leah Porta. Porter, Leah's over here. They've recently been baptized, and so as we always give them a Bible, we have Bibles for them. I want to encourage you to see Dustin. He has your Bibles uh, for for that. Also, don't forget, next uh, Monday is our typically scheduled time for feeding the Teen Challenge group. Uh, and as of now, that is still on. And if you can help with that, please see Miss Carol Ellison or Miss Diane Wilkins. Uh, this is always a, a great opportunity for us to serve again. Uh, and if changes come about on that over the next week, we will send that out and let you know. I again want to thank Greg and Howard and Ray and all those who have helped uh, over the last week with the flooding. It's, it's changed some of the things that, that we're doing, uh, but people are noticing that the people that love God are trying to share His love through the acts of service. And so I commend you for that and encourage you to continue uh, doing that. And I want to encourage you, as Greg has pleaded with us, uh, for these acts and opportunities of help this week that, that you will do so. On the screen you'll notice, uh, to the next slide and the next slide, this is from the movie Remember the Titans. Uh, If you've seen that movie, Remember the Titans is placed uh, in Alexandria, Virginia during a time that was very difficult in our country. Uh, It it was during a time of of great uh, race differences. Uh, it was a time when this was a school that uh, was um, come out of uh, desegregation. You remember that was a time when schools were segre- segregated because of race. race. But T.C. Williams was brought together uh, during that time. And you remember the difficulty about that, that football team faced. And when they faced their first game, uh, prior to that they had come together at camp. Coach Herman Boone had, had led them into joining together. 
But then they got back home and, and they were where all the people were divided because of race. Uh, but this football team, over time, you remember that movie, brought this community together. But there was a time, a few games into the season, uh, this scene right here between Julius Campbell and Gary Bertier. Julius said to Gary, where are you at? What planet are you on tonight? I mean, it's fine, man. I knew you was going to stand me up. I figured you weren't going to make it out to the Berg, no way. I knew you was all talk, but now you're making us look bad out on the field. And Gary replies to him, don't talk to me, man. You ain't got nothing to say to me. And I say all that to ask this question, where are you at today? You may say, well, Barry, hello, obviously I'm right here. Well, what planet are you on today? Well, you may again say, um, wake up, McFly, I'm, I'm on planet Earth. Well, you see, here, here's what I want us to think about this morning. I, I'm not sure where you are today. I'm not sure what all's going on in your life. I'm not sure what all difficulties that you are going through. I'm not sure who has hurt you or who you might have hurt. And so I want to challenge us today to think about where we are. Where's our heart at this morning? You see, the reality is there's people all over our world, all throughout the world, that's trying to answer the questions of life. They're trying to answer the, the problems of life all on their own and in their own way. And you know what the sad part is? That they're coming up short time and time and time again. Lloyd Stillery, he tells a story about when he was in college over in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And one of the things that he and some of his friends would do is they would go spelunking. That's cave exploring. And so they had one guy that would always go out and he would explore and see and find some of these caves. And so about 10 o'clock at night, uh, Lloyd and some of his friends, they would go out to these caves in the side of these mountains over in East Tennessee. And they, were, they were, would pack their, uh, their lights that they would wear on their foreheads. They would pack a few snacks and they would head out and find this, this cave that one of their friends had found. And they would go exploring. Time and time again, and he said, Lloyd says, I became an enthusiast of exploring caves until one night. He said, this one night, uh, our, our friend, our leader, he'd always put ribbons throughout, he would tie a ribbon throughout the course so we could find our way back out. Generally, they would stay in there all night and come out at dawn. And so, all right, sunrise. And so, uh, this time, they're in there and they always followed stick together because the sounds can fool you. You can go in circles. And this one night, they found themselves going in circles. They stuck together, but they found themselves going in circles. Their lights were beginning to flicker. Their snacks had run out. And they knew if they didn't find the way out, they would be lost. They were lost, but worse things could happen. And just before their lights went out, their leader, Dwayne, found that 
ribbon that he had tied and they were able to find their way out. And Lloyd tells a story how up until that point he had loved cave exploring but that was the last time that he ever went in a cave exploring. Why? Because he realized the reality of being lost in a cave and needing rescued. And in that story, he says, that's what the Bible tells us. That in reality, all humanity is lost. All humanity is in need of a rescue. And that's what we want to think about briefly this morning. is connecting to the one who can rescue us. Jesus, the Savior. And the first thing that we need to think about is we think about being rescued by Jesus, the Savior is we think about, remember, how Jesus was announced the Savior. Remember what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2? The angel announced to the shepherds in the field, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In Matthew chapter 1, uh, the Lord is announced, uh, the Lord announces to Joseph the mission of Jesus the Savior in verse 21. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What does it mean to be a Savior? Someone said it means one who saves <clears throat> or delivers or pers- uh, preserves from any evil or danger, whether physical or spiritual, temporal or eternal. You see, in the book of Hebrews, for the Jewish people, they were being tempted to, to go back into Judaism. And, and in the Old Testament book, God was seen as their Savior, their Deliverer. But in the New Testament, Jesus is seen as the Savior, the Deliverer of the world. And so I want to share with you a simple but foundational message that is so important. It may seem simple, but it is just that important. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18 that was read to us by Brother Donnie reminds us that to be connected to the Savior, then we have to relent to the Savior. In other words, we have to surrender our life to the Savior. We have to realize the need to be rescued. Jesus Himself said that He came so that all through Him might be saved. But notice what Peter says. Peter says in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, that's what the Lord wants. The Lord realizes that all humanity needs rescuing. And therefore He sent a Savior to rescue us. You know, this is a simple message. A foundational message. But likely it's the most important message that we share. In all of our services, we share that message. In all of our Bible classes or our opportunity to study the Bible, we share that message that without Jesus Christ, we're in darkness. We're lost. We need rescued. 
And Jesus is that Savior. Jesus is that Rescuer. Through the opportunities to serve like we've done this week. Through the opportunities to serve through the House of Hope. Through the opportunities of serving our community by serving food to those men from Teen Challenge. Through our retreats and through our lives in the community. This is the simple but most important message that we share. Without Jesus, you're lost. You're in need of rescuing. And God has sent to us a Savior. Connect to that Savior. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you here? And if you're outside of Christ, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Savior of the world? If you do, according to Scripture, in particular Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, the Bible says this is what one of many places that we need to do if you believe that. And you want to connect with Jesus Christ as Savior. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a promise. What a rescue. It's that simple and yet people still continue to find salvation or find being rescued or find the answers to all of life's questions on their own and yet come up empty. If you want to connect to the Savior and you're in that boat of needing needing rescued, it's that important to relent, to surrender and give your life to Jesus. And I want you to notice the second thing. In the book of Hebrews, the Hebrew writer begins in verse 9 and he begins telling us about the need in connecting to Jesus to reflect on what Jesus has done for us. In the beginning of chapter 9, the Hebrew uh, writer, as was mentioned, he's writing to a group of people who are being tempted to go back into Judaism. These Jews placed a a great importance on their forefathers in the Old Testament. And therefore the Hebrew writer, he reminds them of how God dwelt with His people, their forefathers, in the Old Testament, through the tabernacle, and later in the temple. Verses 1-5. through But in that reminder, he tells them in verses 6-10, through that this earthly tabernacle, This earthly sanctuary, it had limitations. For see, it was but a symbol of the things to come. He would remind them in those first few verses of Hebrews chapter 9, He would remind them of how the the priest would always, He always went into the first part of the tabernacle, the holy place, the first room of the tabernacle. However, once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go into that most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant rested, where the Spirit of God rested and dwelt with the people. He would go into that holy place with the blood of a lamb or the blood of bulls and goats to make atonement for himself and for the sins of the people. But in verse 11, the writer begins to tell them about the heavenly sanctuary. You see, what he's trying to get them to understand is, listen, in Christ is far better than what you hold as important and what you want to return to. You see, in the heavenly sanctuary, Christ is our high priest, he would say. 
He has entered the holy place, not an earthly tabernacle, not one made with hands, but the one in heaven in the presence of Almighty God on our behalf. And He's entered that, not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with His own blood once and for all. And I want you to notice what He says in verse 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins, He says. And you see, even the, even the type, even the symbol of what was to come couldn't really forgive those sins. It took the Savior of the world. And the Hebrew writer says, Remember! You see, the movie of Remember the Titans was to challenge people to remember this time and remember what this team did. And the Hebrew writer says, Remember what Jesus has done. He would tell us, he would tell the Hebrew readers and tell us that Jesus has become the mediator of, mediator of the new covenant. Notice what someone has said about that. By God's standards of righteousness and justice, the soul that sins must die, Ezekiel 18, verse 4. The only way a person could come to God was to have the penalty of sin paid. This payment Jesus has provided for everyone who trusts in Him and surrenders their life to Him through obedience. In so doing, He became the bridge, the mediator, the only mediator between God and men. He accomplished the one act, what the work of the old priest only symbolized in many repeated acts. Jesus, the supreme act of mediation, was His own death on the cross. The Savior... Remember this morning. To connect to the Savior, we need to remember what the Savior has done for us. He has become our bridge, our go-between, between God, the Father, and us. Folks, that's awesome. He's also become the redemption of our sins. That word redemption means paid the ransom in full. That's what Jesus has done for us. And the Hebrew writer calls Him uh, the Redeemer. He's our redemption. We have been delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death, through Jesus Christ our Savior. You know, often our fellowship has been accused you do this every week, it becomes routine. Can it? Sure. But we come together every first day of the week for one of the major purposes. Worshiping God, yes, but what? To remember. To connect with God through Jesus Christ and remember what He has done for us. That makes what we do so, so important. And let us be careful. And let us be challenged not to make it routine. You know, we may not have the same difficulty that these Jewish people had. We might not be having the temptation to go back to Judaism. However... 
we might have the temptation to return to our old way of life. We might have the temptation to go back in a sense similar to they did. Because the present state is too difficult. The things I'm going through, they're too difficult. And our challenge today as we think about connecting to the Savior is remembering what the Savior did for us. And it was difficult. Lonnie Jones told last week in one of his talks about a symbol that the SWAT team in Huntsville, Alabama has. And it's acta non verba, which means deeds, not words. And you see, when we remember what Jesus has done for us, that leads us to action. That leads us more than just coming together and talking about it. You see, when we remember what Jesus has done for us, it leads us to go out to action. And then the Hebrew writer would remind us in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28, to remember the goal. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for Him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. You see, there's a judgment day coming for all. And here's the reality. Not just for us, but for all the world. The appointment has already been made. And guess what? We will keep it. There's no rescheduling. There's no transferring it to another date. There's no canceling the appointment. The Bible says it's already been made. The appointment has been made for all of us. Paul would say it this way. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24 and following. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. They discipline themselves. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we... For an imperishable crown. And Paul goes on and talks about disciplining himself. He would say life's a race. The Christian life is a race. And it's not always easy. People are going to hurt you. People are going to stab you in the back. People are going to do you wrong. The world's going to do you wrong. The world's going to talk about you. The world's going to put you down. And the world's going to make fun of you for serving God. Keep running the race. Paul says when you run this race, you want to be connected to Jesus the Savior, when you run this race, you run this race with the goal, with the end in mind. You see, for those of us who have surrendered our life to the Savior and are moved to action because of what He has done for us, we have something far better than this life to look forward to. 
A life, a place where there will be no floods. No loss of property. No loss of life. No pain, no sorrow. No tears to shed. And that place is called heaven. Jesus described it in the last part of Matthew 25. He says to those who do not act, the words will be, depart from me. I never knew you. But for those who acted on what Jesus had done, what God has done through the Savior, the words will be, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. John tried to describe it in Revelation chapter 21 in a way that we could try to understand it. To understand its magnitude, its glory, its beauty, and its holiness. But I'm here to tell you, as wonderful as Revelation 21 seems, I can almost bet it will be far beyond what we can imagine. Don't you want to go there? You go there by being connected to the Savior. Relenting your life to Him. Remembering what He's done for you and focusing on that goal. D.M. Stearns, he was preaching in Philadelphia. And at the close of the service, a stranger came up to him and said, I I don't like the way you spoke about the cross. I think that instead of emphasizing death on the cross, it would be far better to preach Jesus, the teacher, and example. Stearns replied, If I present Christ in that way, would you be willing to follow Him? And the, the stranger replied, Without hesitation, I certainly would. The preacher said, All right then, let's take the first step. He did no sin. Can you claim that for yourself? The man looked confused and surprised. And he said, why, why no? I acknowledge that I do sin. And Stern replied this way, Then your greatest need is a Savior, not an example. Today, we stand as humanity in need of rescue. And today, if you have not allowed the Savior to rescue you by giving your life to Him, relenting your life to Him because that's what He came to do. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for you. Where are you at today? Maybe you've done that today. And at times you failed to remember what God has done through Jesus Christ for you. Maybe you've been here this morning and you partook of that bread and you partook of that cup and you never thought about Jesus the Savior. Our challenge is to remind us to connect through Jesus to Jesus the Savior by remembering, not just at the point when we partake of this Lord's Supper, but every day of our life. As we go out, as we interact with people, as we interact with the people who have hurt us, and we remember what Jesus has done for us. And we make our decisions, and we live our lives based on the goal of heaven. Do you need to respond to the Savior today? It's our prayer, if you do, that you will, as together we stand and sing.